Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. Hi guys, welcome to the Jesus That's Good News podcast. This is a space where we share the gospel, aka the good news, to anyone who has a vulnerability to pull up a chair at Jesus' table with no reservation needed. Devin, you threw me off tonight. I had to change it up a little bit, keep people on their toes. What was that? What did you just say? Hi guys. Hi guys. Hi guys. kind of dig it. Threw me off just a little bit. What's going on over there in the big, big city? I Do we... Okay, so everyone, if you're listening, by the way, we're recording this on a Monday evening. Uh, we're recording a little bit later, but the bad part is, is we're sitting here today in the midst of another Bengals loss. Ooh, you had to go there. I have no words. I don't have words either. It was a tough, tough Sunday night for me to watch. It was bad. It was bad. Hopefully they get something figured out over there because this little Super Bowl hangover that they're on is, it ain't cutting it. Well, I do have good news. Tell me. The Buckeyes won really oh, big God. this weekend. They beat Toledo, and it was just a lot of fun to watch they, and enjoy. Who did they beat? It was Toledo. Who did, who did UK beat? Oh, I'm who sorry. Who was that? Toledo. Okay, but you want to Youngstown. say big Ohio State. <laughs> play some competition, you people. Oh, come on. Come on. Okay. Enough of that. No, like, Devin, we're sitting here, and uh, we're recording this. I'm looking out my, my living room window, and it's dark out. Mm. I don't like don't it. Don't remind me. I don't like this change in the, you know, the amount of daylight we're getting. This is the beginning of of the year where I self-diagnose myself with seasonal depression. And yeah, it's tough. Yeah, a lot of people go through this, Devin. Uh, You know, they call it, I think, what, seasonal affective disorder? Yeah. I think, I don't think when I was your age, I paid that much attention to it. But I've noticed it's gotten significantly worse as I've gotten older. I just, I don't know, I... I just need the the sunlight. You know, they buy those boxes. Yeah, so Katie actually got me one um, a couple Christmases ago. Not a not the box, but it's like a, a light therapy lamp, mm-hmm. if you will. And when it's the winter time, and you know it's it's dark when you wake up, and and dark when you get off work, and it's just you need some light in your life. I sit in front of that when I first wake up in the morning, and that really helps. Yeah, it's supposed to adjust the brain chemicals a little mm-hmm. bit, and I'm sure it has something to do with serotonin. And I've heard for some individuals, it's you know, it's a real lifesaver. Light is just a good thing, isn't it, Devin? Can't get enough of it. I know. I love the sun in the summertime. See, that's me. And- if I could just live in the sun, you know, if it was just summer to fall and then back to summer, I'd be a happy girl. I know. I need the warmth. I need the light. I just make it's yes. such a mood booster. It really, it makes all the difference in the world. And we're going to talk about light today, mm-hmm. about how Jesus said he is the light of the world. When I think about light, Devin, like light always represents something good. Yeah. When we log on to Zoom to do these and you see my face, <laughs> it just lights up. It lights up and I enjoy it. If someone says, Devin, they see the light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. Good is nearing. I remember when Taylor was a kid, she had to either have a nightlight mm. or... She liked to keep her TV on all night, not to watch it, but just the light yeah, from the yeah, television. Yeah. It made her feel safe. Mm. Did you grow up with a nightlight? Nightlight, yes, for sure. I mean, I feel like everybody did as a kid. Nobody likes to be in complete darkness. No, it's kind of frightening. Mm-hmm. If you look in the book of John, Devin, like Jesus makes a couple I am statements. And you had mentioned that you really like this one. 
where Jesus says, I am the light of the world. So we're going to take a look at this. Um, it's really cool. In John, if you have your Bibles, if you guys want to follow along, we're going to break down this story, which is, it's just fascinating. There's all kind. there's a couple different characters in the story. And we can all agree that the light means something good. But Devin, haven't you noticed that in this story, the light affects all these people differently? Which is crazy to me. Um, I think it's all about how you perceive the light. Right? Oh, yeah. So it's interesting to see how each character in the story uh, perceives the light differently. And you could see who takes it in a good way and makes it good news. And you could see who doesn't want to see the light. I'm going to break it down, Devin. We have four main characters, I think, in this story. So we have Jesus, obviously. And he is the light of the world. Then we have some parents that show up in this story, Devin. And they're kind of ashamed of the light. We're going to talk about them. It's a hot take for me. Um... Did not expect that to, to come from them, but I won't spoil anything. I know. It's very upsetting, mm-hmm. isn't it? Mm-hmm. The Pharisees, who think they are the light. Of course. <laughs> they think they've got it all together. And the man who's born blind, who we're going to look at in this story, who receives the light, mm-hmm. who has lived in darkness for his whole life. So if you guys have your Bibles, in John chapter 9 is where we're going to be looking. And it's really interesting. I just want to give everyone a brief synopsis of what's going on, and then we'll kind of break it down. Devin, would you agree the characters in the story just kind of make it? Yep. That's like there's just so many different angles in here. So what we have is Jesus is walking along with his disciples. They see a man who has been born blind. One of the first things I notice in this story, Devin, is he doesn't yell out to Jesus, but Jesus notices him. The disciples have some questions about the man who was born blind. We're going to talk about that. Long story short, Jesus does what Jesus does best. He heals the man. And you would think that this would be great news for his friends, for his family, for the community, for people in the church. But somehow or another, this turns out to be, in what was supposed to be a great day for this man, this turns out to be the most chaotic and stressful event. This man has been blind since birth, and now he can see and Everyone just turns this story upside down. It's like you said earlier, Devin, everyone kind of perceives the light in different ways. Mm-hmm. Poor guy is robbed kind of the joy of his miracle. It's hard to believe. Yeah. And so I think the question that we want to ask everyone when we get to the end is, what is your reaction to the light? Yeah. And you're going to see kind of, as we go through this story, what we're talking about. Let's just jump right into it, Devin. Come on. Look at John chapter nine, verses two and three. When Jesus and the disciples see this blind man, I want you to notice what their first reaction is. Not Jesus's reaction, but the disciples. Sure. Look at what they say here. So in John chapter 9, verse 2 through 3. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he would be born blind? Jesus answered, It was neither that this man sinned nor his parents, but it was so that the works of God might be displayed in him. Yeah, in that day and age, we've talked about it in previous podcasts, the disciples could only boil down like people's infirmities or any kind of handicaps that they had. They boiled it down to someone must have sinned for them to get this way. Oh, yeah. It's a punishment. You're exactly right. So they asked what they think is a really logical question. And, you know, I love this. Jesus kind of quickly shuts down their incorrect assumptions, like, right? Yeah, no, that's not it. No. Watch me turn this kingdom upside down. Mm-hmm. He's like, I can make the blind see. I can make the lame walk. You know, I can forgive the unforgivable. Try me. Trade beauty for ash. Water into wine. Also beautiful. Also be and very tasty. Very tasty. 
(laughs) Yeah, so Jesus is saying in chapter 9, verse 5, he says, you know, while I'm in the world, I'm the light. Mm. Me. I'm the light of the world. And so he makes the statement and then he he proves it. And he heals the man who has been born blind. And I don't know, Devin, if, if you were like, if you were at a church or if you were, you know, just out in public and you knew someone who had been healed miraculously, wouldn't you have wanted all the deets? Yeah. Yeah. Like, hello, how do you feel? What's going on in your head? Tell me everything. Think about this, Devin. The guy had heard people talk maybe about trees, but he couldn't even pick one out, Mm. right? Like, he has no idea what a tree looks like. He didn't even know what his hands looked like. It's crazy. Been born blind, like blind since birth. Mm. And to be given that gift of sight. Come on. There had to have been like some kind of jumping up and down party thing going on. Yeah. We don't get a lot of details on that. I wish John would have given us a few more. I would love to know in a little bit more details. Come on, John. You know what I mean? More descriptive. He's being stingy with his details. And I'm not here for it. I think John is trying to keep Jesus as the center of the story. So we see uh, the guy, his sight is, is not restored. The sight is given to him for the first time ever. Wait, first of all, how cool is it that the first person he saw was Jesus himself? That's pretty cool. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So let's make no mistake here that the miracle happened to the blind man, but Jesus is still the focus of this story. Let's never forget that. That's like, that's why the name of this podcast is Jesus, That's Good News. Yeah. Not that's good news, no. but Jesus. Keep the main thing, the main thing. He's the guy. Yeah. Jesus plus nothing. Mm-hmm. But not everyone in this story came to the same conclusion, did they, Dev? Nope. Of course not, because it's the Pharisees who are involved and... I'll tell you what, Devin, before we get to them, I want to talk about, you and I both agree, probably the most disappointing individuals in this story. Yeah. The parents. Yeah. So tell me if I'm wrong, but basically in the church that they worship in, if somebody were to say, hey, Jesus did this, Jesus performed this miracle, Mm -hmm. they would be kicked out of the church. The Pharisees kind of ran everything, right? Don't be like the Pharisees. Uh... They think that they're the best. They think that they know everything. And they are public enemy number one to Jesus, basically. That I couldn't have said it better. And they are the kind of people that are quick to proclaim how perfect they are and how screwed up you are. Amen. Yeah. So they're all about shame and guilt and making you feel like you're pretty much worthless and can never measure up. Yep. And so this poor guy, he gets healed and the Pharisees find out about it. They go to his parents and say, hey, well, do we want to give this guy a name today? Seymour safely. <laughs> That's Seymour. what they called me in school. Seymour is amazing. Yeah. Okay. Seymour. <laughs> yeah. When I was in sixth grade, by the way, and had to get glasses, everyone <laughs> called me Seymour safely. Da dum dum. And so, it. yeah, I know. It was, I went to a lot of therapy to cut, to like escape that label. Mm. Devin, mm. here you are making fun of me, and I got a lot of trauma on that one. It's pretty clever. Seymour. All right, so Seymour. Yeah, it is pretty. Break it down. Seymour. Yep. Yeah. Seymour, God bless the name. I mean, his sight is restored. The Pharisees find out. They're ticked off that a good thing has happened because they found out who perpetrated the good thing. You know, that it was this Jesus character who they just can't stand. Yeah. So what they do is instead of, have, like, if you read through this story, you guys, instead of approaching Jesus, they don't have the kahunes. Never do. To do that. They go to the parents. And look at this, Devin, in verse 20. Apparently, they say, hey, is this your kid? And, and they said, you know what? We know that Seymour's our son. And yeah, 
He was born blind. Yeah, he was born blind. We, we can verify that. They knew they could at least, like, admit that. But you know what? They had nothing else to say. That is cow- cowardly. Yeah, like, Whitney said, it is a freaking miracle. Like, my, my you know, Seymour's been blind since birth. We cannot believe this man did this amazing thing. But no, they're like, yeah, we confirm it. Yeah. Yep, he did it. As a parent, I'm telling you, it's such an underwhelming response. So then they lie about their knowledge of Jesus in verse 21. Yeah, so they came and they asked, you know, the parents, how could Seymour see again? What did he do? Who did this to him? And they replied, but how he now sees, we do not know. Or who opened his eyes, we do not know. Ask him. He's of age. He's going to speak for himself. I am just, again, flabbergasted. out of here. So ridiculous. This crazy miracle happens and you have no idea who the man was that did this miracle. Bullshit. I call bullshit. They're just protecting themselves. They're thinking about themselves. They don't want to be kicked out of church. They can't proclaim the good news that happened to their own son. And Devin, like some people might be saying, like, how do you know they didn't want to be kicked out of the church and that was more important to them? My friends, because it says it right here in scripture. We have no record that they thank this Jesus fellow. We have no record that they are rejoicing or wanting to share the good news with anybody else. Now, before we quote that scripture, I would expect this kind of behavior from the Pharisees. Yeah, no doubt. You know, being a downer about everything. But I cannot, again, I say this again. And if any of you are listening and your parents, can you imagine the lack of joy and the lack of response? And so... As you're thinking about this, it begs again the question, why are they acting this way? And Devin, it tells us right here in verse 22 and 23. It says, his parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews. For the Jews had already agreed that if anyone confessed him to be Christ, he was to be put out of the synagogue. For this reason, his parents said, he is of age. Why don't you go and ask him? Unfreaking believable. Unbelievable. How incredibly selfish. They knew that Jesus had healed their son. They knew that at the end of the day, they had to give Jesus all the credit, but they knew if they did, they would lose their position at church. They saw the light, but they did not see the light. Right. They truly didn't embrace the light. Let's do a little self-reflection, folks. I had a Facebook post about the examine prayer. I don't know if you've ever heard of that before. I hadn't heard of it before I saw that. It's brilliant. Um, I remember being introduced to that by my friend. I'm going to give a shout out to my friend, Steve, Steve Good. He introduced me to the examine prayer a long time ago, but it's so simple, right? You just review your day. And I always look for ways that I missed the light. Mm. Like I missed where God was working in my life. See, that's the difference though, Julie, is that you're looking for that. Mm. There are a lot of people who are okay being in the dark. And I think this is the brilliant thing about Jesus is that he's going to continue to put situations into your life to expose whatever he needs to expose in you or to shine the light on a weakness that he is calling you to be greater in. And bring it, sister. I love it. (laughs) No, it's just there are people who instead just want to put on their hater shades and and keep keep the sun out right keep the light out kind of reminds me of the podcast we did some time ago about do you want to get well exactly you know the light shows up and it's like what are they called hater shades i've never heard of that (laughs) yeah it's typically what buckeyes wear especially in basketball season but that's another that's for another day hater shades my rear end (laughs) okay i can go back through my days and i can see where the light was shining through I mean, the light can come in a text. It can come from 
uh, hearing a song. It could come from anything like Jesus is constantly bringing us the light. And we talk about Devin having the eyes to see and ears to hear. Mm -hmm. But I wonder how many of us live our lives like the blind man's parents. We're blind and we want to stay that way. They didn't have the courage to stand up for those around them to see the light. And I know we talk about this all the time, but I think it all boils down to having the courage and the vulnerability to accept and seek the light. And understanding sometimes, we talked again about this when we talked about, do you want to get well? I mean, being a follower of Jesus will sometimes cost you something. Yeah. Like a sunburn. It's not going to be easy at first. That first, <laughs> That's right. that first shine of light, baby, it's not going to be easy. You're going to get burnt. It might be uncomfortable. When you look at the parents in this situation, Devin, like the trade-off was worth it. You lo- Okay, you lose your place in the synagogue, but your son gained sight. The no-brainer. It's just incomprehensible to me. And I sometimes wonder, I wonder whatever happened to those parents and, and the relationship that they had with their son. Yeah, was it just cut off from there? Because they couldn't, they refused to see the light. Details, John. We needed details. We have Jesus who brings the light. We have the blind man who receives the light. We have the parents who failed to acknowledge the light. And now we got to come to the Pharisees and talk about them a little bit. Friends, I hate to use the word a-hole <laughs> in, a, in a podcast, but if, if there were ever people that were just straight out assholes. Yeah, I said it. it's them. I'll take the blame. Yeah. You know, the Pharisees know everything. Just ask them, Deb. Yeah, yeah. You know, you strike me as a Pharisee sometimes. Shuts off computer, hangs up. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I never come across that way to anybody. And I, I say that in all seriousness. Um, always learning, always growing, and hopefully not as judgmental as these, like I said, a-holes. But they're, they're just as blind, but I think they're worse than the parents. Let's just kind of set the scene real quick. The, the Pharisees have found out that this, that Seymour, I forgot, I almost <laughs> forgot his name. Seymour has gained his sight. They can't have any, you know, there's no joy. No joy permitted. No joy in the synagogue. No joy. And so uh, they want to shut it down and pick it up in verse 18, Dev. Let's see how they respond. The Jews then did not believe it of him, that he had been blind and had received sight, until they called the parents of the very one who had received his sight. Yeah, we talked about that. So we he talked to the parents. The parents did their thing where they're like, go ask him. He's of age. He can tell you. We're not going to say anything else. So they had already talked to the blind man. They call him back a second time and then pick it up in verse 24, Dev. Let's look at and, and see what they continue to, instead of rejoicing with Seymour, who has received his sight, let's look at what they put this poor guy through. So a second time, they called the man who had been blind and said to him, Give glory to God. We know that this man, Jesus, is a sinner. They reviled him and said, You are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. Yeah, so let's just let's just break down the snark. Yeah. There's a lot of there's so sass. Much snark in there. A little sass. It's, and here's the bad part, Devin. It's religious sass. Mm, I don't like that kind. No, no. No, we got re- we got regular Kentucky sass. Mm, yep. <laughs> we got Ohio sass. Uh-huh. And then we got Pharisee sass. I don't mess with that. Nope. They tell the poor blind guy, Seymour, stop rejoicing. Give glory to God because we know that this man, Jesus, is a sinner. Like, in other words, how dare you associate with a sinner who just happened to heal your blindness? And and then they they try to play the one-up game. Mm. Like, you may be his disciple, which, by the way, the poor guy wasn't his disciple. Yeah, he didn't ask for it. No, he goes... By the way, John uses the word reviled here, which means with utter hatred, okay? 
they reviled him. And I would love to know who the him is referring to. If they revile, if they're saying they reviled Jesus or they are reviling and hating this man that had this happen to him. It says they reviled him and said, you're his disciple, but we're disciples of Moses. Yeah. So, okay. That's like me saying you're a UK fan, but let me tell you, I'm a, I'm a Buckeye. <laughs> it's like, get with it or get lost. Cause I'm better. Yeah. And if you're not going to follow the best mm-hmm. and the perfect ones, then I don't care about you. Yeah. A little bit of an overreaction, wouldn't you say? Some yeah. people are feeling a little insecure. A little dramatic. Just a touch. Turn it down, Pharisees. Nobody cares. I want to say, you know, intimidated much. Mm-hmm. But it gets worse. I think this guy is still trying to figure out what it is he's looking at. <laughs> yeah. Like, Good perspective. You know, like, he's like, hold up. If this is what sight is, I don't know if what I want is this. this? <laughs> who are these ugly men yeah. who are treating me so bad? Is this what sight is all about? They're demeaning him. They're demeaning Jesus, but they're not getting what they want out of this guy. So then they resort to yelling intimidation. They answered him, you were born entirely in sins. And are you teaching us? Like, you're trying to teach us? We know. We know about you. This is all just a bunch of bullying going on. This is a classic bully move. This is the uh, mean girls on Wednesdays. We wear pink. And if you don't wear pink, then you're out of here type of move. I just can't get behind it. You know, there's a certain kind of sass that we can put up with, but when it comes from the church. Yeah. I mean, come on. It's a different level. There's no room for that. No. No room for it. And this poor guy, he just wants to see. And so they remind him that he's a sinful person. That's sweet of them. They didn't like the message that that this guy had been healed by Jesus. So they're taking him down to the lowest level they can. And it says in verse 34b, they put him out. Yeah. Basically, you're not welcome in church. See ya. Kick rocks. Not welcome here. Excommunicated from the church for telling the truth. For being healed. For being a byproduct of Jesus. For being a miracle. For being good news. Now imagine, again, we wouldn't know because John didn't write it. But imagine (laughs) Seymour went on and probably spread so much light. Who knows the ripple effect? Yeah. But these guys, yeah. these Pharisees, want to try to bring him down to nothing so he doesn't go and spread the light. But, but Devin, they're rule keepers. Oh, yeah. They keep the How rules. Could I forget? They're perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're perfect in all those ways, except they show no compassion. They're just filled with judgment. Mm-hmm. Filled with anger. And how sad, Devin, is it that the Pharisees had access to the light and they still chose to live in darkness? Mm. Mm-hmm. So again, my friends, we talked just a minute ago, Devin shared how we believe that the light is being shown to us all the time. How many of you are still choosing to live in the darkness? And I'm telling you, my friends, don't be like the Pharisees. Please don't. <laughs> yeah. You have access to the light. You just got to choose it. So this brings us to our fourth character. Let's dive in a little bit more on Seymour. Let's talk about him just a little my bit guy, more. Seymour. We have uh, Jesus, who is the light. We have the parents who denied the light. We have the Pharisees who think they are the light and despise the light mm-hmm. at the same time. And then we have Seymour. Who receives the light. Jesus, make no mistake, is the most important person in this story. But none of this happens without the blind man. None of it does. And he makes no request of Jesus, but he truly exemplified, I think, what we call blind faith. We see that right after Jesus healed him, by the way, Devin, do you see what it says in verse 7, what Jesus tells him to do? Jesus said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam. So he went away and washed and came back seeing. 
Like, Devin, it's what I said earlier. He's never seen anything before. Like, does he know what a road looks like? No. If I step into this story and I put myself in this man's shoes, and this man has never seen the sky, or like I said, another person's face, I mean, his world is, is all of a sudden incredibly beautiful, but by verse 26, we find that he is having to defend the very miracle that happened to him through some kind of formal proceedings to see if the church wants him in the church. Yeah. And I love what he says here. It's so brilliant in verse 27. He gets a little snarky yeah. with him. I love this about Seymour. He kind of puffs his chest out and he says, I told you already and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? You do not want to become his disciples too, do you? What a brave question. I mean, this sends their blood boiling, yeah. right? Love it. And so Jesus finds out later that they had literally kicked the man out of the church, said, you're not welcome in the synagogue. And Jesus finds him. And I'm wondering, Devin, like at this point, like, is he dejected? Is he happy? It's, it's just been a whirlwind since he's like gained his sight. This beautiful thing happens and he catches such hell for it. And um, Jesus finds him. And I know this sounds so crazy, but I'm so glad Jesus found him. Yeah, me too. To kind of pull him aside, maybe, and console him a little bit. Yeah. Almost like closure for the miracle. Yeah. And to have his back. Like, he was just met by the church with such vitriol and judgment and anger. And Jesus sidles right up to him. Mm-hmm. And he just says some beautiful stuff. Devin, can you read that a little bit? In verses 35 through 38. So it says, Jesus heard that they had put him out. And finding him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Seymour answered, Who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? And Jesus said to him, You have both seen him, and he is the one who is talking with you. And he said, Hmm. Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. I am almost ready to cry reading that. Mm. All the hatred that the man just experienced from the religious sect, from the religious judgmental Pharisees, and Jesus comes to him, full of love and compassion yeah. and says, do you believe in the son of man? Guess what? You've seen him and I, you're talking to him I'm right here. now. I'm right here. Oh, I love it. Can you like Devin, no. can you feel the compassion yeah. in that? Yeah. I just, I feel like it's just a big hug. And I think the guy's like, Oh my God. Yes. I believe mm. he had just been through so much yeah. and Jesus comes along. It's just, it's just utterly beautiful. Like, look at what happens when someone accepts the light, when someone believes in the light, when they allow the light in. Against all odds. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I love that Jesus comes in and doesn't just meet the physical need of this gentleman of Seymour, but he meets the emotional and spiritual needs of a man who has just been abused by the church. Yeah. Abused by his parents. And Jesus steps in and it says he worshiped him. And to you may not ask for the light, mm-hmm. but you can accept it still. Mm. Yeah. This Seymour, he woke up that day. He didn't know this was coming. He didn't ask for it. No. He didn't ask for his whole world to be changed upside down, but he did say yes to it. I wonder too, Devin, if the poor guy suffered. I know this sounds crazy. He probably had the lowest self-esteem because he's always been told and he, he's always believed that he was blind because of his sin. Yeah. I'm sure he was thinking he was totally unworthy to be redeemed in any way, shape, or form. And yet the Son of God comes up and just sits right beside him. And, oh, I just am flabbergasted by the story. You know, I think if I'm being honest, Devin, I see myself as 
as all the different people in the story. Explain that to me. I think, um, except for Jesus, I <laughs> would never claim to be him, by the way. I think there were times in my life where, and there have been times where I've been a lot like the Pharisees, where I was more concerned about orthodoxy rather than orthopraxy. Have you ever heard of those two words? No. They're really churchy, but orthodoxy means right belief versus orthopraxy, which means right practice. And you know what? You could have all the right beliefs in the world. And maybe you'll get to heaven someday and Jesus will say, you know what? You got an A plus on the exam. You had all the right beliefs, but you just didn't love. You didn't put it into practice like I thought you would. Hmm. The Pharisees were like that. They were all about making sure that they had the right beliefs and perfect all the time. But they weren't interested in putting it into practice. And I'm thankful that God has kind of changed my heart in that way because there's a lot of pride in wanting to be right. That's why too, Devin, I'm not interested in arguing with anyone about interpretation of scripture. I'm, I'm always open to learning more. And I know that probably all my beliefs are not correct. But at the end of the day, I want to be someone who practices the love of Jesus more than just quoting scripture or right beliefs. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I think in some ways I've been like the Pharisees. I, I think we could both agree that, you know, we want to ironically be like the man born blind i love the image of jesus maybe sidling up beside me saying is there room you know to sit on this bench beside you julie and um i see all the thoughts that you have about yourself Mm. that maybe you're broken or that you're sinful or that you've messed up but do you believe in me and i like to believe i would say yeah i do jesus He just kind of put his arm around me. I'm getting a little weepy here, but yeah, yeah, I hope that when the light shines, I have the courage to see it and acknowledge it and to follow it. That was beautiful. And um, what it all boils down to is that only Jesus is the light of the world. I just ask that, you know, you guys not run from the light, but run to it. And I know that's hard and it's scary and I get that. And maybe you're afraid of what the light will expose in your life, Devin. I know that some people are because they know that once the light exposes something, they're going to have to make a choice. And my prayer is that you wouldn't hide under the covers, that you would know that the light of the world desires you, and that you would choose that life and you would choose the light. You know, I heard a funny story that Sigmund Freud told of a three-year-old boy who was calling out, Uh, from a dark room at night. And he says, do you say auntie in Cincinnati or auntie? Aunt. Aunt. Okay. Auntie. (laughs) Auntie. Okay. Talk to me. I'm frightened. It's so dark. And it said that the aunt answered from another room and said, what good would that do? You can't see me. And the little boy replied, that doesn't matter. When you talk, it gets light. Mm, I love that. And so... We just want you to hear that voice that calls you the beloved. We want you to hear that voice that calls you son and daughter. And know that when you hear that voice, the light is shining through. My friends, may you have eyes to see and ears to hear. Amen. And may it be so. So with all this being said and um, talking about, you know, the darkness that is slowly approaching earlier in the day, um, we talked a little bit about mental health. I just kind of want to give everybody a heads up of what we have planned next week. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited. Um you guys will get to meet my twin sister Jody. Yeah. She's going Yay! She's going to be joining us on the podcast and um 
My sister Jody has been really upfront with her battles with depression and anxiety. She was diagnosed well over 20 years ago and has quite the story. I don't want to give any spoilers away, but Jody speaks honestly about her battles. Um, there's no shame. Uh, we talk about it in our family as openly as you would talk about what you're having for dinner. Mm-hmm. There's no shame involved in it. And she has become, Devin, she has become a, a light to so many people. And we want to give everyone an opportunity to hear her story, especially if you or if you know someone that's battling with anxiety and depression, know that you are not alone and you're going to hear from someone who has lived through it. You trust me, you're not going to want to miss it. Um, It's going to be a great one, Devin, I think, to share with friends too. Jody is a rock star and um, I'm excited, like you just said, to be able to share Jody's story and everything she has to bring, just herself. For Jody to share herself to the world, everybody needs a little bit more Jody in their life. She's a little, she is a little ray of sunshine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So until then, just a reminder: be sure to check out the Jesus That's Good News Facebook page, where Julie shares great messages throughout the week. Uh, so feel free to comment on anything that may uh, speak to you. We'd love to hear from you. If there's any prayer request out there, we'd love to pray for you. And I just want to give a special shout out, by the way, to uh, my army chaplain who helped me become a religious affairs NCO at my unit. And he is a big fan of the podcast and I'm a big fan of him. So shout out to Chaplain Major Hammond. You are a pillar of light. And I I thank you, sir. So awesome. For everybody else, if you guys like the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. And if you don't like it, turn on the light. We're here. We're gonna we're gonna keep shining that light. That's right. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So on behalf of Julie and myself, here's to the good news. May we be it, may we seek it, may we spread it. So pull up a seat. There's no reservation needed. Be well, friends. Shine on.